Are you struggling today? Do you feel far away from God? Is your life a seemingly unending stream of messes? Or are you constantly putting out fires? In today's message, Pastor Mark teaches us that sometimes we do not give God the priority He deserves. He allows hardship and turmoil to enter our lives, to get our attention. If we have unconfessed sin in our hearts, Jesus uses pain and suffering to get our attention and to draw us back to Himself. In fact, if we do not turn to Him in repentance and sorrow, God will turn up the heat even hotter with natural consequences. Jesus does this out of a deep love for us, for it is in His presence that we find healing and peace. Well, let's join Pastor Mark with today's edition of Come Alive from the book of 1 Samuel, chapter 5. You ever meet those people that are just, it's like the Holy Spirit's just radiating from them. They're just bleeding the Holy Spirit and Scripture and all that good stuff. We're at a Bible study and someone says something and the whole group listens to that person like, oh man, that was of the Lord. It may not be every time that this person speaks, but maybe it is. Maybe it's one time and everybody stops and listens. Like E.F. Hutton, if you remember the old commercials. How does that happen? Well, it's the attitude of the heart. I've seen it. I've seen it happen. But there are those times when attitudes will affect those around you, and then that person doesn't feel like worshiping, and then another, and then soon we don't sense his presence, and it seems like God's gone. In their hipness and in their cool and their casualness, he was no longer welcome. We know this dude. He grew up next door. That's Mary's son. How about his brothers, James? He's got some sisters. He's not God. He didn't do anything when he was a kid. He helped his dad in the shop. He swept up the sawdust. Yeah, remember we gave him a nickel to clean the poop from the goats in the backyard? Yeah, that's that kid. He can't do stuff. We get too hip, too casual, too cool. The glory of God goes someplace else. Where does he go? Ichabod happens. And the glory is gone. The glory of God goes someplace else completely. Where does it go? Right next to Dagon. Verse 3. And when the people had come into the camp, I'm sorry. And when the people of Ashdod arose early in the morning, there was Dagon, fallen on his face to the earth before the ark of the Lord. So they took Dagon and said it in its place again. Notice the word it. They don't use them as a he. It. They sat it in its place again. It. I don't know about you, but it's a bummer when you got to prop up your God when he falls down, isn't it? It stinks. I mean, I got enough to worry about about Mark. Now I got to take care of my God. Now, dude, you just aren't doing it. Let me fix you here. 
prop him up, stick a stick in his back. Good luck. See you in the morning. Come back in here to worship you again. I mean, I feel a little ripped off when that happens. But like any idol, you got to watch your God. If money, money's your idol, you got to watch the stocks. They're going up. Yes, God. Yes, God. Oh, they're going down. No, 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 no. You got to watch them. They rise and they fall. Your stature, you got to do something to keep it propped up. I got to look good today. People got to respect me. I'm the man. I got to be able to say these cool phrases and get people to move and shake and do what I need them to do. Your stature could be your God. Got to pop it up. Could be a car. Could be your car. Well, man, I sure look good in this car. I make that car look good. Let me shine it. Let me polish it. Because I want people to see that, you know what? My car is cool. And if my car is cool, they're going to think I'm cool. Can't let it get hurt or scratched. Got a little button. Park it way out in the back so nobody touches my God. He's over there. I I used to drive a crane one time. And I had to go, somebody called and said, hey man, you got to go do a lift in a parking lot. It was after a big thunderstorm and a lot of wind. And the funniest thing, I drove up with this crane truck, and there's a guy standing there in a suit, and he's got his hand on his face. He's bummed out, and I can see why. The Corvette. <laughs> it had a light pole on it. And this is before the days of cell phone. This is right before cell phones. I had a CB radio, and my boss calls and says, what's up there? And I was like, dude, you're not going to believe this. And so I told him. And I was like, I wish I had a camera because right next to the Corvette on both sides were two pieces of junk cars that were rusted out, hubcaps missing. I got out. And he's like, how could this happen? How could this happen? And I thought, well, I'm going to do the lift before I tell him how it happened. So I lift this big light pole off and move it over into another part of the parking lot, set it down, and his car looks like somebody just put a crease right down the middle of it. He's like, I can't believe this happened. Two junky cars on each side. I couldn't have hit one of those. I was like, well, maybe those cars ain't anybody's God. And he looked at me and he was like, touche. That's all he said was touche and walked back into the place where he worked. And I was like, man, thank you, Lord, that I did not get punched in the face. <laughs> Sometimes it happens. Think about that car as your God, how you got to take care of that little guy. You got to feed it, put some gas in it. Does it take care of you or do you take care of it? If it's an idol, this is how you know. You've got to take care of it. You know, some of us can even take our children and make them idols. It's called child centered parenting, not God centered parenting. Parenting. I learned how to speak. Our children become our idols. Then there's the gods that we give up all around you that you had. To get, you know, that we that are hard to give up. Think about the gods that you find hard to give up. Some of us have given them up. They cause you to have a little bit of a buzz, and you got to maintain that. Again, you got to go purchase it, keep it in a secret place, and then all of a sudden it, it begins to own you. You get a little bit, and then you blow your money on that little god. You need to serve that god every day. And those kinds of gods, they they need help. They can't count on you. You count on it. You might say, but don't you have to watch Jehovah, Yahweh? Sure you do. Don't you have to give to him sacrificially? Yes, you do. And don't you have to watch and allow him to control you? 
Yes, you do. So what's the difference? What's the difference? The difference is I want to. I don't have to. I don't have to drink alcohol or do drugs or take medicines that I shouldn't be taking just to maintain something. Again, the difference is the gods of this world need you to provide for them. And then some of them will turn you into a slave. And when you're stuck in that, you'll realize that, wow, I'm in bondage. I can't break free. Look at verse 4. And when they arose early the next morning, there was Dagon falling on his face to the ground before the ark of the Lord. The head of Dagon was both, with both palms and his hands were broken off on the threshold. Only Dagon's torso was left of it. And so here he breaks his head, his hands, and his torso. And I'm sure one of the priests said, Dagon, what's going on? I wish this didn't happen. Think about it. He fell before the ark of God. Isn't that crazy? You capture God in a box, throw him in with your idol, and all of a sudden your God's face down. It's a picture of their God bowing before our God, the real God. Turn with me now, keep your hand in 1 Samuel 5, to Exodus chapter 20, verse 3 and 4. We're going to look at commandments 1 and 2. You shall have no other gods before me. If you got a pen, a highlighter, colored pencil, crayon, whatever you use to write with or highlight in your Bible, circle before, the word before. And then write next to it in the margin somewhere or above it. No other gods above, over, or alongside is what that word means. No other gods above, over, or alongside. So they put Dagon the grain god, next to or with Yahweh, Jehovah, the almighty God, the one true God. And no other God can stand before him, no other God can be exalted, and so the same way the Lord lives within you, there shall be no other gods before you. He he says he's a jealous God, you shall have no other gods before me. He's jealous. No other gods. Uh, He's not willing to share his space. And for that fact, no matter where you move him, he's not willing to share his space, his spot, his place. And so maybe in your life, something has fallen and broken to pieces and you don't know what it is. Hey, take a look. Take a close look. Maybe it's a god. Maybe it's an idol. Maybe he's saying, bro, sis, I'm not sharing that. I'm not willing to share that. Dagon can't even save himself. That guy's Corvette couldn't save itself. It just laid there crushed. The stocks, when they drop, your money can't save itself. You're going to be the one to rescue it. You're going to pull it all out and put it in something else. It's not going to work. It's sad. The second commandment, look at verse 4. You shall not make for yourself a carved image, any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. Verse 5, you shall not bow down to them nor serve them. You shall not bow down nor serve them. So what is this saying? The second commandment is you shall have no other goals. 
Goals, G-O-A-L-S, goals. No goals after any other God. Why? They're not worth it. No goals? Yep. No goals. No goals to serve those other gods. No goals to reach and make them your God or idol. Our goal for today is, in the Philistine camp, is our goal today is to prop up Dagon. Get his hands and his head attached. That's our goal. To work around Yahweh, Jehovah, the one true God. To serve a lesser God. No, 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 it doesn't matter. Well, he's first, but this other one, it's okay if he's second, right? It's okay that there's a second. No, no other would it be all right if you went to your wife and said, hey, baby, it's this other lady. Now, you're first. I want you to know that. You get to sleep on the Tempur-Pedic. You get to watch whatever channel you want to watch. You got the garage door opener. But this other girl, just on Saturdays. If you say that to your wife, you should walk out the front door with a skillet in your skull. As I say, it works for, for marriages, right? Oh, well, yeah. Well, what if your wife came and said, listen, honey, there's this other guy. He's got some muscles. You've gotten a little flabby. And this guy, he, he shows. He'll take care of me the way he takes care of himself. Is that okay? Just on Thursdays, a few hours, just to talk, have coffee, hang out. As a husband... You turn purple. No, it's not okay. Goals. Are we making goals? Do you see what I'm saying? Are we making goals to prop something else up? The God that we design? God says, you kind of look foolish propping up your God. I mean, just think how silly that looks. If we walked in and we saw somebody setting up an idol, I saw a guy putting fruit in front of an idol the other day at where I get my hair cut couple of apples. He was removing the spoiled ones. So I thought I looked at him, and his name's Donnie. He owns a little haircutting place over off Mason Road. If you're a Christian, you get a good cheap haircut over there. They do it real fast. Go in there. Talk to Donnie. When you look at his idol, because I was like, hey, bro, what? He didn't like the pears you gave him last week because they look pretty spoiled. There's flies all over them. He just looked at me. I was like, is he going to eat those apples? And I always think about, man, just taking a big bite out of it and leaving it there and letting him freak out. Put a little sign, I'd rather have steak. I don't know. <laughs> he just stared at me like I was nuts. <laughs> you know, it's like you got him looking at me like I'm nuts. I'm looking at him like I know he's nuts because we know that's not going to eat. I thought about just while he runs to the back, just grab that little cute chubby guy and just break his head off and set it on top of the apple. I doubt anything would happen to me other than the fact that I'd get the cops called on me and I'd have to repurchase a Buddha. I mean, think about it. Go back to 1 Samuel 5. God basically killed their God. Anytime you take the head off of something, it's not going to live. Not for very long. He took the palms. It was a fish. God, it couldn't swim anymore. Couldn't perform what it supposedly could perform. Look at verse 5. Therefore neither the priests of Dagon or any who came into Dagon's house tread on the threshold of Dagon and Ashdod to this day. Oh, don't walk there. This is where the God died. How would you like to say that? 
It's cool. We're about to celebrate Resurrection Sunday. And everybody should have signs that say he's alive. That proves that our God is the one true God. Because hey, you can find where their God is buried now. He's broken up. But the hand of the Lord, verse 6, was heavy on the people of Ashdod. And he ravaged them and struck them with tumors, both Ashdod and its territory. And when the men of Ashdod saw how it was, they said, The ark of God of Israel must not remain with us, for his hand is harsh toward us and Dagon our God. Therefore they sent and gathered to themselves all the lords of the Philistines and said, What are we going to do with the ark of God of Israel? And they answered, Let the ark of God of Israel be carried away to Gath. So they carried the ark of God of Israel away. So it was after they had carried it away that the hand of the Lord was against the city with a very great destruction. And he struck the men of the city, both small and great, and tumors broke out on them. Stop right there. God never leaves himself without a witness. And this is classic. These guys are being tortured with tumors and sores. And and scholars even suggest this is like a type of bubonic plague. These sores are called buboes. Where we get our word boo-boos. Mommy, kiss my boo-boo. I ain't kissing these. It'd be infectious. So they have basically diarrhea, vomiting, itchy sores. And this is what they say. Send it away, basically. Send it, send it down to Katie. Let Katie have this thing for a little while. It'd be like Houston saying that. Send it to Katie. Or Richmond going, send it to Katie. Or Brookshire saying, send it to Katie. We're getting rid of it. We don't want it anymore. Get rid of it. Look at verse 10. Therefore they sent the ark of God to Ekron. So it was as the ark of God came to Ekron. The Ekronites cried out saying... They have brought the ark of God of Israel to us. Kill us and our people. And these poor guys, they get it. They've heard what's happened with this thing. <laughs> it's like a hot potato. Nobody wants it. Here, you take it. No, I don't want it. You take it. No, I don't want it. You take it. We'll just keep passing it around until we figure out what to do with it. What is God doing? Are we asking ourselves this question at this moment? <laughs> What's God doing at this point in time? It's kind of comical, poor people. The bubonic plague. You get the bubonic plague, you get these sores underneath your armpits and in your crotch area, and they itch, and they're really not on the outside yet. And then they fester, and they get infected, and there's all this nastiness going around. So the people are sick. So what is God doing? Is he trying to make a point with the world? Yeah, he's saying repent. If you guys would just repent. See, the world has the ark. The world has God's glory. And when they don't know what to do with it, and they set it up with idols and try to mix it in and make them fit with other stuff, it just it gets bad. Circle the word Ashdod. Write the word Ashdod. It means inclination. Inclination. Like a hill. But in this sense, that's the root, inclination. But in this sense, it means bent. Webster defines the word inclination as bent. These people are bent. God's trying to straighten them. They're bent. Ashdod, inclination, equals bent. A bent people. Bent on their ways. Another word that you see here, the city, which is very interesting, is gath. Gath means press. Pressed. Or pressure. What famous person in the Bible is from Gath? Anybody know? Big, tall dude? Fought a little guy? Goliath. It's from Gath. Pressure. These people are under pressure. God's trying to release them. He shows up in their camp. All they had to do is repent. Bow down before the ark. 
Lord, please forgive us. We don't want this stuff happening to us, but they don't do it. They're under pressure, and they like the pressure, so they stay under pressure. Ekron. The word Ekron means barrenness. These people are empty. Ekron means barren. They're empty. So God comes into their towns, and the people say, we know this disease is bad, but we want to stay bent. We understand we have some pressure, but we live it and we don't care. And Ekron, oh, we may be empty. We may be barren, but we don't mind being empty. We don't mind at all. It's okay. And they push it away. They push it away. And what happens? Judgment, judgment, judgment every single time. Remember 1 Corinthians, what we read? You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. What happens? The last verse that we read, take a look at it again, highlight it, underline it, put it in your notes. Go home and study it. Don't let this happen. When we get too casual or too cavalier with God's word or with church, this is what happens. This is what happens. We ask, why is our land, the people in the church, diseased, distraught, disappointed? Maybe in your life there's some dismay. You have no clue as to why. I would say, oh, why don't we just reverse and step back a little bit and think, maybe I've gotten too casual with you, Lord, and it's time to repent. God's trying to say something. Maybe you're bent. Maybe God's saying, straighten up. Maybe you're under a lot of pressure. Maybe God's saying, hey, I just want to relieve some of that pressure. Come to me, and I'll show you what to do. Yeah, but I'm afraid. He might tell me to quit my job. He might tell me to switch jobs. He might tell me to take a lesser paying job. I might have to go part-time. Is God going to be wrong in telling you what to do? Oh, man, but he hates me. He's going to ruin me. No, he won't. He's only, he only wants his best for you. He gave his only begotten son on a cross, his very best. Maybe you're saying, dude, I'm empty. I don't know what, what it is. I know. I know. See, church has become just church. It's no longer the house where you meet with God. It's just church. Where are you going? Church. It does a body good. It's an it now. It's no longer a place where we meet and experience God. It's no longer a place where we are like, man, God is going to say something to me today. It's no longer that. God's not glorified in the children of Israel or the lives of the world. He's not glorified. So what happens? Ichabod, the glory is gone. Look at verse 11. And so they sent and gathered together all the lords of the Philistines and said, Send away the ark of God of Israel. Let it go back to its own place so that it does not kill us and our people. For there is a deadly destruction throughout all the city. The hand of God was very heavy there. And the men who did not die were stricken with tumors, and the cry of the city went up to heaven. We're so glad you tuned in today to Pastor Mark's teaching here on Come Alive. Pastor Mark has been walking us through the Bible verse by verse, chapter by chapter, unlocking the blessings, truth, and love found within its verses. We know that reading God's Word can be difficult to squeeze into your schedule sometimes, so having something to listen to instead can help. With that in mind, we'd like to let you know about our Come Alive podcast. We've made Pastor Mark's messages available to you for free so that you can take them with you on the go, making hearing the Word so much more convenient. Search for Come Alive on iTunes or on Google Play and subscribe to have a notification sent to you as soon as we post new additions. Thanks again for tuning in today to Come Alive. If you'd like to learn more about this ministry and the church behind it, please visit us online at comealiveradio.com. If you're living in or near Katy, Texas, we'd also like to invite you to come see us in person at Calvary Chapel Katy. 
We are a laid-back group of Jesus followers, and we love inviting new people to come join us in seeking the Father and praising His name. Find service times and directions to our church when you visit our website, comealiveradio.com. That's all we have time for today. We pray you continue to find Jesus through His Word and in everything you do. Join us next time for another in-depth look at the Bible, right here on Come Alive.